of Jesus. And I just thank you, Father God, for an opportunity to open up the Word of God and learn more about you, Jesus. You're so awesome. You're so good. I thank you, Lord, that as I speak the Word today, that everybody has ears to hear what you're, having, you're saying today, Holy Spirit. And that, Father God, we grow in the grace of God. We grow closer to you, Jesus, because serving you is about a relationship, not a religion. And we just thank you for the opportunity to just learn more of you to where we can be like you in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Last week, we talked about Jesus paying a price that we could not pay for a debt we owed. Y'all remember that? Jesus paid a heavy price. Amen. And could y'all say that Jesus' experience on earth was not like uh, Walt Disney World, uh, Take It Easy, you know, uh, Toes in the Beach, you know, chilling out. You know, I mean, he, he had some days that were a little rough, right? I mean, we all could say that, it, not saying he didn't have some times, because they probably had some nice-looking beaches back then, amen? I'm sure he had some fun. But we do know, based on the end of his life, he went through a good bit, okay? And to think that we are not going to go through some things as followers of his is a mirage. You are. You will. You shall. It will happen, <laughs> okay? And that's what I want to do today, is I want to empower us to hopefully be able to lean in and to understand that the journey with the Lord is a challenge. It's victorious. It's happy. Uh, it's sad. Uh, I mean, there's just times along the way. But guys, there's no better choice you could ever make than to follow Jesus because he will stick to you closer than any family member, any wife, Kurt, uh, any friend. Hallelujah. He will be there. He will be there. He will be there. And he will help you in those times. He paid that price to set us free from the bondage of sin and death. He did his part, and now it's time for us to do our part. Would y'all say amen? I mean, he did. He did his part. He ran, he ran his race, and now he's handed the baton to us, and we've grabbed it. And like the video, we're committed. We're not making excuses, amen? We are committed for the call. And that commitment means that we've got to get up and move even when we don't feel like it, even when all the circumstances don't say it's okay. I mean, we have somebody that's serving in our military, Edwin in here, and anybody else that is serving or has served, we, we appreciate it that he's currently serving, and uh, we do thank you for all your service. But when you go, and I have two boys that actually went through uh, boot camp and, and served for a, a little while. But when, you, when you're in the Army, and I've never been, okay, I was the coward that signed up, went through all the things and didn't do it. So, hey, that's your pastor. Hallelujah. <coughs> coward Nathan. <coughs> Hallelujah. I was supposed to go to Fort Lee, Virginia, and uh, got, you know, didn't, didn't do it. So uh, we're going to focus. Oh, you did tell you all. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I'm in a room, a room with a bunch of people. You know, a bunch of quitters. No, I'm just kidding. God had us doing something else. Hallelujah. But anyway, when you go to the military and they train you, I know this. They're training you for the day that you get the phone call and you got to go head to war. That when you head to war, you know who's in charge. You know what to do, you know how to do it, and when to do it. And, the, and the, the person in charge, and he's, I don't know if he's a sergeant or whoever's, you know, the commander that's over his platoon or, or his, his people at that time, the group he's in, there is never a day that he walks in and they're on the battlefield and he'll say, okay, guys, we're about to head out. Which ones of y'all feel like going? Okay, you, okay, well, give me you five. The rest of y'all just get some sleep, get some rest. We didn't mean to bother y'all. Let's go. Absolutely not. When you're a soldier in the military, you go, it don't matter what you feel like. You say, yes, sir, let's go. I don't care if your nose is running. I don't care if your ears are aching. I don't care if all your teeth just fell out of your head. We got to go. Yeah, you know what? We got to go. 
Why? Because there's other people around us that could die if we don't do our part. Listen to this, guys. It's true. You're not just in a religion. You're just not in no social club. You're in a military army called the kingdom of God. And the enemy is trying to wipe out as many people as he can. And while the church plays comfort zone, plays video games, and plays entertainment world, there's people around us that are dying by the millions. Because we have something to give, but we're not giving it away. We're still trying to debate what we can and can't do. Well, I can do that. That ain't that bad. Well, that ain't that bad. I think I can do that. Let's get past all that, okay? Let's don't make serving Jesus what we can and can't do. Let's make serving Jesus about what he did and about what he wants us to do. I mean, mean, come on, we all mess up. We all make mistakes, okay? Forget about the do's and don'ts, man. I want to think about what can I do to actually reach somebody for the kingdom of God instead of seeing them go to hell. That's way bigger than going on a battlefield and seeing somebody possibly die, which is bad. It is bad, but hopefully they know Jesus, okay? But the bottom line is, is why would we let a military, which is a natural thing, outdo us commitment-wise than a spiritual thing, which the army has never had anybody or the Marines or any of them have had anybody die for them to be able to do what they're doing. And I'm not saying, I'm not talking about the grand scheme of things, like Jesus died for us and took something we, we, we were supposed to take. Amen? So he, our commander-in-chief has made the way ready to go. And again, guys, had he not paid such a heavy price and done this, guys, I could see maybe not putting that much weight on it. But, man, he paid a price, man. But yet the churches are sitting around and fighting about, you know, what they can do, what we can't do. Uh, you know, well, I mean, who is he to tell me I need to go to church all the time? Uh, I mean, why don't he get out of my life, get out of my business? Why don't he mind his own business? You know, what if they did that in the military? Hey, dude, why don't you go mind your own business? Get out of here, bud. I'm, I'm busy right now. I mean, dude, after that guy probably, you know, picked his teeth up off the floor, then he would go get in line. Amen? I mean, is that what we need to do in the body of Christ? Just start going around and clubbing people upside the head? Uh, what would you say again? What, one more time? Give me 50. No, we can't do that. Because in the body of Christ, everybody get their feelings hurt. Get offended. Have you ever thought that somebody might be in your business because they love you? Yes. I mean, how do you know that I have stuff that I got going on in life too? I've got family that I want to see in here serving God too. You know what I'm saying? But when I step in here, you are on my mind. When I'm preparing a message, you're on my mind. Why? Because God loves you. And God wants to see you finish your race. He don't want to see you start. Man, somebody that starts and don't finish, that's a waste of time. And we have a lot of Christians that start the race. But then we, somewhere in the middle, we get bogged down. (laughs) We forget that first love. You see what I'm saying? And I'm here to stir up a little first love in you. Forget about your past. Forget about what happened in the past. Forget about all the people that presented Jesus to you the wrong way. I'm here to present to you Jesus the right way. He loves you. He died for you. He wants to empower you, and he wants to change people through you. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, let me get to my third line here. (laughs) We are called by Jesus to go and make disciples of all people. Amen. This is our call and mission from our commander-in-chief, Jesus. In order to do that, we have to be trained and taught how to do it. That is why we come to church and then go home and study the Bible, listen to messages, pray, seek Him day and night. Then we train, 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 
and train to become a disciple of Jesus. I mean, we do this constantly. I mean, then people that go to the gym and they got their bodies that are all cut up, you know, like mine. You can't see it right now, but I mean, they all cut up and they're ripped and they're sculpted. And I mean, they look so fine. You know what I'm saying? That don't happen overnight. And I can guarantee you if anybody goes to the gym and you walk in the gym, you ain't looking for old beer belly. Where's the, where's the keg at? I want to be like the keg. Is he around here somewhere? Where's he at? No, you ain't going in there looking at nobody that's out of shape. Man, look at that dude. Look at that girl. You ain't going to say this. It's the unwritten thing. It's the, we don't talk about it, you know. But yeah, you, you double check and I'm going to get like that. That's why I'm here. You know what I'm saying? You've got a vision. You ain't going in there saying, well, you know what, I'm going to look the same. It's, no, you ain't going through all that. It's painful, man, lifting those weights and you can't walk three days after you walk. You do it and you run and you dragging your foot to work. Yeah, man, I'm getting in shape. You ain't getting in shape. You hurting, man. You know what I'm saying? But it's the same way with Jesus. There's going to be some pain along the way. There's going to be some saying no to some things along the way. And your flesh is going to pull you to try to do so. No, I ain't going to do it. Come on, man, everybody's doing it. I ain't doing it. Oh, come on, it's going to be fun. We're going to have a good time. No, I ain't doing it. And you've got to be disciplined to do that. And it takes training and training. And you've got to take this flesh and beat it sometimes. I mean, don't do it out in public. Don't do it at home. If people think you're weird, you sit there beating yourself in the mirror. You know, like, blah, 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 blah. you better straighten up. No, we ain't talking about that. But I'm talking about you want to do that sometimes, especially after you've done something you shouldn't have done. Oh, man, dude, I'd rather somebody just hit me with a ball back, Victor. When I do something I shouldn't have done and everybody in this room has done it, you feel bad. <laughs> you feel bad. But at the moment, it felt good, didn't it? <laughs> Even if he was telling you, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. <laughs> Hebrews 12.1 tells us this. It says, therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Do you know you have loved ones cheering you on right now? You know you have family that are counting on you to get the job done? There's people you know and that you don't know that are cheering you on. Man, oh, come on, man. The last days is here. Man, the devil is wearing the people out, getting them ready for you to witness and love them and, and bless them. You know, don't live for yourself. Don't, don't, don't work till you can get more money to get more things. Work, get more money, pay off all your bills, and then help people. Amen? And let God just keep pulling it in. Hallelujah. They're cheering us on. It says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Do you know there's going to be sins and weights that try to hold you down? That Jesus is going to give us. He's going to put sin on us to weigh us down. He's going to weigh us down with some problems and issues. No, the devil is trying to stop you from finishing your course. Are you the only one he's ever tried to stop? Uh Uh-uh. He's tried to do it to Jesus. He tried to do it to Paul. He's tried to do it to every person that has said yes to the Father God. Friend, your flesh is going to hurt sometimes. It's going to cry sometimes. It's going to be confused sometimes. It's not going to know why sometimes. But I can tell you what, if you'll let your spirit lead your flesh, I promise you everything would work out. Everything will be made clear to you as you do that. He goes on to say, And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto who? Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Now, is Jesus the author and finisher of only those that have said yes to him's faith? He's the author and finisher of everybody's faith, whether they're walking with him or whether they're not. He's it, guys. I'm telling you, you can look all over the world. Jesus is it. If you've got a problem, I I don't care who you go to. I don't care what you try to do. That problem will never, ever go away without Jesus being in the mix of that. Oh, no, man, I got a grip on this. I've got it. 
Friend, <laughs> don't believe that lie. I mean, come on, dude. I mean, if we had that much power to stop things, don't you think there'd be a lot more people stopping some things? We could talk a good game, though, can't we? I ain't never doing that again. You ever, anybody ever said that? Some of y'all might wait a week. Some of y'all might wait about eight hours. <laughs> Man, I can't believe I did that again. Man, gummy. <laughs> well, we've all done it. I mean, come on, we need to get a clue here. We don't have the power to finish this race. So why even think about it? God help me. Give me some grace. When you screw up and when you mess up, don't beat yourself over the head. Your daddy loves you. Get back up and say, God, give me some grace. I know that was 850,000 times I've done that. He's still there to help you. He ain't never going to give up on you. I mean, man, if he wanted to give up on us, he could have gave up on us a long time ago, dog. I'll be honest with you. I mean, you think we're a wreck? They've been a wreck for years. You think it's the first generation that's been messed up? Uh-uh. I mean, there's some bad people before us. And we, we, I mean, we got some too. <laughs> but he says, run with endurance. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finish of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Do you think he had a race that had some issues on it? Yeah. Did he have to endure? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He had to endure a lot. So that means there's going to be days we have to endure some things. That's going to mean there's going to be days that the host of heaven has not come down in your living room and sung you a sweet song from heaven. Oh, hallelujah. You are so beautiful. Come on, my child. Get up. We can do this. No. Ain't going to be no music like that. Ain't going to be nobody there cheering you on. Ain't going to be no preacher there. You know what? You're going to have to grab yourself up by it. You're going to yank yourself out of that bed. You're going to have to look in that mirror and say, no, we're going to do this in Jesus' name. And that means when sickness tries to come on your body, what are we going to do with sickness and disease? We're going to talk to it. We ain't going to pet it. Oh, I'm going to take some medicine. Does everybody feel sorry for me? Blah, blah, blah. What? Get out of here in Jesus' name. I ain't putting up with you. Amen? I mean, if somebody was coming in to steal one of your kids, what would you do? Oh, oh what's up? Yeah, go. You know, which one you want? <laughs> I mean, some of y'all be like, hey, amen, get rid of some of these kids. You know what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Wow. Okay, everybody, y'all come to the front. I'm going to pray for y'all. Maybe <laughs> Your kids is up there thinking you love them. Hallelujah. <laughs> now, y'all know them kids. I know. I know. I got, I got five of them. <laughs> Hallelujah. Man, we need to repent on that one. <laughs> Moving right along. Let's go to uh, Philippians 2. <laughs> Hallelujah. Paul said this in Philippians 2, verse 12. He says, So then, my dear ones, just as you have always obeyed my instructions and enthusiasm, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to what? Work out. Oh, it's a little different. Mine says work out. Work out, cultivate, carry out to the good, to the goal, and fully complete your own salvation with reverence and awe and trembling, self-distrust with serious caution, tenderness of conscience, watchfulness against temptation, timidly shrinking from whatever might offend God. And, therefore, and, oh, 13, and discredit the name of Christ. What is Paul telling us to do here? Paul's telling us that we have to work out this salvation by which we received. It's not going to work itself out. We have to work it out. Just like your body ain't going to change unless you change some things. 
But I like ice cream. I like donuts. I like Krispy Kreme. I like all these things. Well, guess what? Get used to your body. If anything, it's going to change all right. <laughs> it's going to change. But if you want it to change in any other direction, then you're going to have to say no. You're going to have to work out your body. <laughs> and nobody in here likes that. I can tell. Y'all ain't excited. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're getting quiet, man. We work out your body. I don't like it. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> I don't like working out. But it does produce some good results. But it also, notice what he also said, with fear, which means reverence and respect. The one, there, we have no fear or very little fear in the household of God. We go about our daily lives and we do whatever we want. We listen to whatever we want. We say whatever we want. We do whatever we want. Some, in most cases, not every case, but we do. And we act like that there is no body to answer to. No fear, no reverence, no awe. That there's a God that is watching everything we do. And we need to live with that, guys. We need to work out our salvation to want to be like Jesus. Not work out our salvation to be like our neighbor. Well, I ain't as bad as them. Well, what's that saying? That ain't saying nothing. We want to be like Jesus. We want to work this thing out. We live in a culture that does not fear the Lord and that is expected of those that are not followers of Jesus. But unfortunately, those that claim to be followers of Jesus are acting just like those that are not followers. We are called to be separate and different from those that are not followers of Jesus. My question to you today is, are you a fan of Jesus or are you a follower of Jesus? Are you a fan or are you a follower? A fan is a person who has a strong interest in or an admiration for a particular person or thing. A fan is somebody that just has a little bit of an interest. I'm interested, but they're not really going to go over the top. They're just interested. See, I'm a fan of the Georgia Bulldogs. I do. I mean, when it comes to football season, I'll watch them. You know, I'll, I'll clap for them. I'll be, hey, whoa, good job, guys. Oh, man, they won another game. I may go to you know, work, talk some smack. Anybody that ain't a Georgia fan, you know. But I'm a fan, okay? I'm not a follower of the Bulldogs. Uh-uh. You want to see a true fan or a true follower of a Georgia Bulldog team or any sport team? They know everything about them. They, they can go back 100 years and tell you, what, what, you know, who the president was, who the coach was. I mean, they're in it. They know everything. They dress up like the Georgia Bulldogs on the game, okay? They look the part when they show up. I mean, they are into this team. They're following this team. And, man, if you say anything negative about that team, boy, it's on. I mean, they'll let you have it. Has anybody ever watched a game with somebody like that or been around somebody like that? It's, it's bad. I've been around them. You know, it's sad. It really is. But that's what I'm talking about today, guys. A fan is a person who has an interest. A follower is one in the service of another, one that follows the opinions or teachings of another. This is the one I like, one that imitates another. Imitates. So are you a fan or are you a follower? I want you to be thinking about that as we go through this. Jesus begins to, uh, and, and, and another word that came to my heart this week was committed. Obviously, in the video, you saw that. Committed is filling dedication and loyalty to a cause, activity, or job. Wholeheartedly dedicated. Friend, if you're going to serve Jesus, you've got to settle this in your heart. And I'm getting ready to read you some strong language from the Master. But you have to make up your mind, are you committed to Him? Are you a follower of Him? Because it's going to require something of you and me. It's going to require something. 
Jesus begins to handpick his team that would, would help him turn the world upside down for the glory of God. Let's look how uh, he did it and how they responded to his invitation. In Matthew 4, 18, says, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, so I did, he did put his toes in the sand, hallelujah, he was on the sea, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, his, their father, mending their nets. He called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Belinda, follow me. Jonathan, follow me. That's all he said. They left what they were doing and followed him. Friend, that is a picture of you, whether you walk down here and you give your life to Jesus, whether you've given it there, whether you've given it at home, I don't care where you've given your life to Jesus at. That's the same thing Jesus is saying as you're walking to him. Follow me. Follow me. That means you've got to be willing to leave everything that you have, everything to follow him. And it's just true, guys. And we look at these guys and we think, well, that was just, they were fishermen. <laughs> that was their career. It's no different than your career. No different than my career. He goes on and says this in Matthew 9, 9. He says, as Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. Now, he probably got a standing ovation. <laughs> he worked for the tax you know, collector, man. <laughs> hey, won't you all all go? I think he called all y'all. Won't you all all go? Hallelujah. We'll get a tax break right here. Glory to God. But he left his booth and he followed him. He left everything. I propose to you today that Jesus, the one that wants to be in relationship with you, is asking you today, follow me. Are you willing to follow him? Because notice that Jesus didn't beg them. He didn't promise them a rose garden. He didn't say it's going to be easy if you follow me. You follow me, hey, I'm the son of God. He didn't say that. He didn't say none of that. They had to have faith in him just like you and I have to have faith in him. That he's going to take care of us. That he's going to provide for us. And we've got to be willing to do that. And the only way you're going to do that is if you begin to have a relationship with him. And that relationship takes time. It's going to take effort. He goes on to say in Luke 14, now we're not talking to the disciples. Now listen to what he's talking to, a great multitude in 1425. He said, now a great multitude went with him and he turned and said to them. Now he's talking to a multitude. He said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he what? Cannot be my disciple. Wow. <laughs> That's pretty strong language, right? Jesus is telling us to hate our mom and pop. The word hate there is just basically love less. That's all it's really meaning, meaning love less. Okay, Jesus don't want us to hate nobody. The translators just put that word there, but it really means just love less than. If you love your mother and father and your spouse more than him, okay, it's going to create a problem. You can't be his disciple. But he don't stop there, man. He's on a roll. The anointing's flowing. <laughs> he's, he's on a roll here. He says, for... Which of you intended to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost whether he has enough to finish it. 
lest after he has laid the foundation and it is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Stop. Pause right here. Listen to me. This is what the world says to somebody that says yes to Jesus on Sunday, but a year later is smoking weed in the bed with somebody they shouldn't be in the bed with and living just like they're living. They mock you. Oh, so-called Christian. What's the matter? Didn't work out for you, did it? Just like they all mock a builder that starts a house, but he can't finish it. And the guy didn't count the cost. I mean, he didn't know what he was going to need. That's why before you say yes to Jesus, you need to count the cost. Are you ready to do this? It took me months before I said yes to Jesus. It took me months. I'm still here today, 30 plus years later, serving Jesus. I've went through a divorce. I've went through hard times. I've had things happen in my life that wasn't good. Okay, just like everybody else. I've seen my two kids ripped out of my, my life that I love very much and couldn't see. But every other weekend... But I did not walk away from Jesus Christ. I did not walk away from Jesus. I was tempted. I called my buddy up. Had him come over to my house. I was going partying. <laughs> he showed up and said, man, I can't go. I'm going to stay here with Jesus. Hallelujah. Because I was close. But the point is, guys, you have to count the cost. If not, they're going to mock you. And what's the scripture say? That, that, the, that when you do, when the enemy is removed from your life, and then he'll come back, and he'll see if that house is clean. What is that referring to? That means you ain't put no spiritual furniture in there. You ain't filled it with some spiritual stuff. He sees it's empty. No kingdom of God here. Hey, boys, get the band. Come on back. And then they hit that body, and it's worse than when they said yes to Jesus. The later is greater than the first. It's worse. He goes on to say this. Or what king going to make war against another king does not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000. Or else while the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation, a delegation and asks con conditions of peace. Let me ask you something. What military general or whatever would grab his soldiers of 1,000 and go out and there's 10 million coming at him? I would shoot him. Forget them. That guy's gone right now. You an idiot. Did you see it? Did somebody, did you get the text message that there was like billions coming at us? Same thing applies with us. Do we count the cost? Have you thought about the things you're going to have to say no to? Have you thought about the people you're going to have to, you know, kind of take off your phone, delete in your life? Have you thought about it? Because Jesus is going to come and put his finger in your life. And he's going to ask you, are you a fan or are you a follower? Are you just interested in what I do? Or do you want to be a part of what I do? It's your call. You make the call. I mean, everybody says they want to be like Jesus until Jesus asked them to change. And then we're like, uh-uh, whoa, time out. That ain't what I want to do. Hallelujah. <laughs> now, this last line here is pretty serious. <laughs> it's all pretty serious. But So likewise, whoever of you that does not do what? How much? All. That can't be in there. All that he has cannot be my disciple. Ain't you glad you came to church today? We love y'all. Y'all look amazing. Again, you got a court date coming up. The guy who wrote this is going to be standing there when you show up. 
The thing about it is, is there's no hiding when you get to that place. There's no fumbling around and making excuses when you get to that place. It's done. You're there. And I can tell you this, your blood will not be on my hands. Your life will not be on my hands. Why? Because I love you and I'm going to tell you the truth. And I'm going to continue to tell you the truth. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm going to tell you the truth. You do what you want to do. I'm going to love you whether you change or not. Okay? It has no bearing on what you do in life. I'm going to love you. But you've got a court date coming. <laughs> and we need to work this thing out. And we need to get it fixed. And we need to keep it fixed. And we need to keep working hard. Because I'm going to tell you something. You can't buy this judge off. You can't pay him off. You can't hire an attorney and go in there and whistle your way out of this one. Uh-uh. No amount of money is going to get you out of this one. It's on. Hallelujah. Jesus is telling his disciples and anybody that would consider following him to take this serious. Jesus is wanting all or nothing because he gave all for you. Now, all our all will not look like his all at first. Jesus works with us one step at a time. We get saved, and then he touches our life, and some th things change instantly. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You got saved. I mean, I got saved, and I quit cussing. Okay? It just, it just happened. Cussing went away. There were some other things went away, but they just, some things just went away instantly. And everybody in this room you have, if you've met Jesus, some of those things came out, out of your, 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 your life instantly. But then there was some other stuff hanging around. <laughs> there was just some other issues hanging around. Okay, and then God didn't discredit me. He loved me. But now he's getting ready to start working me. Okay, he's wanting me to become a disciple of his. So now we're getting ready to go through this, this, this process of being discipled. He's going to train me. He's going to put his finger here. Don't do this. You know, stop this. All this kind of stuff. It's going to take some time. And that's what he does to most of us in here. All of us in here, really. He begins to touch other areas of our life. This is when you find out whether you're a fan or you're a follower of Jesus. This is when the change really starts happening, guys, after you say yes to Jesus. When Jesus starts putting his finger on those areas that need to change, you will know it. And it could be something that is not evil, just that it is holding you back from growing closer to him. It could be also be an open, opening a door to the enemy to have access to your life. It kind of looks like this in 1 John 3, 19. It says, By this we will know without any doubt that we are of the truth and, we, and will assure our hearts and quiet our conscience before him. Whenever our hearts convict us, and then it stops, okay, in guilt, for God is greater than our heart, and he knows all things. Nothing is hidden from him because we are in his hands. Verse 21, Beloved, if our heart does not convict us of guilt, we have confidence, complete assurance, and boldness before him. Now, I was kind of reluctant to share this, but I'm going to go ahead and share it, okay? Um, when your heart is telling you not to do something, and everybody in this room has had this happen, Everybody, that feeling of, ugh, this don't feel right. I, I don't know if I should be doing this. Everybody in this room has had this happen. And what he may be dealing with you on may not be the same as what he's dealing with somebody else on. Meaning that what he's trying to tell you to stop, somebody else could be doing it, and it's not necessarily wrong for them. You see what I'm saying? We're all growing at different levels, okay? So what I'm going to share with you, I'm just going to be real. What a better example than the pastor. Use me as an example. It's always easy to grab somebody out of the files and go, well, let's just use him or her. I'm going to use me, okay? Uh, Thursday night, we went and seen a movie called uh, The Avengers. What was it, Endgame? It came out, okay? We went and seen this movie. And I've never been to a premiere movie. And uh, I said, well, look, babe, let's do it, okay? <laughs> let's do it. So uh, we showed up. We got our 3D glasses. We went on in, sat down. 
And through the whole movie, I'm watching people just go to the bathroom. It's a three-hour movie, y'all. I'm talking about, man, it's almost like, you know, they change days when you watch this movie. I'm thinking, this is crazy. I thought they'd have an intermission. And we'd kind of like, okay, break. Y'all go to the bathroom. So I didn't eat no popcorn and I didn't drink nothing. And that's a miracle for me because, I mean, a movie without popcorn is like a bath without water. It just don't work, okay? Well, anyway, I'm watching this movie, and, man, I take a picture of me and my wife. You know, we got 3D glasses on, sharing it with the community, you know, just Facebooking, man, just having a good time. And <clears throat> I'm watching the movie, and then, you know, there's some cuss words, and there's some bad words, and then there's a little girl that couldn't be no more than six, and she's cussing. And I'm going, hallelujah, and we're just walking through this movie, blah, 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 blah. And all the while, I ain't saying nothing to her, but I'm feeling yucky. I'm feeling yucky. I'm talking about me now. If you watch the movie, there's no condemnation. I'm, not t- I'm talking about Nathan. This, can, this don't apply with everybody. I'm giving you an example, okay, because this just happened to me. So I want to share with you the experience I had with this. He was dealing with me to the point that it was so bad that after the movie and we're riding home, I had to open up to my wife. And I just had to say, baby, <laughs> I feel like crap. My heart is convicting me right now like I've never seen. And you know, in, in that moment, before I even said anything to her, what I felt like the Lord was sharing with me, he was like, Nathan, I got things that I want you to do. I got some things that I need you to be a part of. And it's not necessarily saying that's wrong. He just said this, this could be a little bit of a stumbling block for you. Because when you're posting that on social media and you're a pastor of a church, Not everybody sees eye to eye to that. See, I'm representing somebody other than me. And when I was telling you guys about sometimes your flesh is going to be pulled, I love action movies. Harry, my God, don't sit me down in front of no chick flick with a dog and a cat and, you know, some stars falling out. Yeah, man, I want to blow it up. I mean, I don't watch the Avengers because I know the storyline. I watched the whole stinking movie and couldn't tell you nothing about it, but I like all the action with it. <laughs> I do. I don't know about all these things, man. You know what I'm saying? But my point is, is the Lord was tugging at my heart and saying, Nathan, this, this, you need to stop this. My flesh don't want to stop it. My flesh wants to keep watching it because I know they got a lot more of them coming out later. And I like that. <laughs> My wife hates them. I mean, I'm telling you, she don't want nothing to do with them. So that leaves me with two options. Just like it leaves you with two options when he knocks on your door. And I'm saying this because there's people in this room, the Holy Spirit's been dealing with you about some things. He's been asking you to walk away from some things. Well, I've got two options. Either I can keep going. And I can see things in my life not go the way they should go. Now, whose fault would that be? That would be my fault. Or I could obey and do what God wants me to do and see what's on the other side. See, we're all growing from faith to faith. We're all growing. As you continue to grow with God, there's going to be things He's going to ask you just to put in the closet and, and do away with it. It don't mean it's evil or bad, okay? For me... He's been dealing with me for a while about stuff like that. Because you think about it. What edification am I really getting? What ministry material am I getting? Watching a movie where they're blowing people's heads off, 
You know, I mean, killing people like crazy. I mean, I am getting my man side fixed. I'm telling you that right now. This is it, dog. I mean, I walk out of them Marvel movies and I think, I am Superman. <laughs> Come on. Where's them spider webs at, baby? Where's them spider webs at? I mean, it's on, baby. It's on. You know what I'm saying? I mean, so again, I'm not saying that to put down the movie. I'm saying that as an illustration that the Holy Spirit was dealing with me. I have two options moving forward. I will either quit watching those or quit watching the ones he's told me not to, or I will continue to barrel forward, and I'll reap the results of doing that. I want us all to come into alignment with God and realize there's going to be things he asks us not to do. And whether your neighbors and friends are doing them, that's irrelevant. He's talking to you because serving Jesus is a personal relationship. Amen. Amen. It's personal. It's not a religion. You're serving him because you love him and he loves you. And that means when you ask him to do something for you, do you want him to say, "Uh uh-uh? Will you heal my body? No. Die. (laughs) No. We ask Jesus to do something for us. We want him to do it, right? And if he said it in his word, you can take it to the bank. He will do it. Well, when he asks you to do something, how about us to be in the same way? Yes and amen, sir. What you need? Yes, sir. Because I'm living for something bigger than me. Amen. Amen? There could be somebody down the road that needs to to hear from me, and I want to be in a position to give them what God has. Amen? Hallelujah. So that's the story about me. We got a mic. Does anybody? We are in the army of God, and we've got to learn to listen and obey when he speaks to us. The battle we are in is not with people. It is against the devil and his demons. Our mission is to rescue as many people as we can from his control and bring them into a place of freedom that we have experienced. This is why we train and live different than the world. Just like the bodybuilder. Again, you go to the gym, you see the bodybuilder that's training, he's attractive, she's attractive. The bodybuilder that walked in, or the future visionary bodybuilder that has a vision, that walked in with you, big belly, you know, that's not what you're looking at at first. No more than they're looking at you or me. If I walk into the gym, are they anybody looking at me? (laughs) Bless his heart. Wow. I used to be like that. (laughs) That might be what I hear. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But we got to live different from the world. If we want the world to be attracted to what we have, it's got to be different than what they got. Come on, talk to me, somebody. I mean, really. I mean, if we look like the world, act like the world, but yet, hey, will you go to church with me? Oh, you go to a worldly church? (laughs) What church you go to? Hello. Come on, man. We got to show them something different. We got to let them see something different. And that's going to take discipline and commitment. This is why we train, live different than the world, because that freedom is, is Jesus and his kingdom. We will only be able to do that if we train like a good soldier or an Olympic athlete. We have found freedom. Don't we want others to find it as well? Then let's make a commitment to be a follower and not a fan of Jesus. I wrote down some things that that describe a follower. Number one, somebody committed. It would be read the Bible and then do what it says. Pray to God daily. Not as just I have to, as I want to. I want to fellowship with Him. Live for Him and not themselves. Walk in fear or reverence of him every day, knowing he's right there with you and he sees everything you do. I mean, guys, if you really want to know Jesus and you really want to change, you prostrate yourself on the floor across the bed and begin to weep and cry and ask him for help. And watch what happens in your life. Begin to talk to him on a daily basis. 
And watch what happens in your life. Ask Him to help you, whether you're a mechanic, whether you're whatever you do. Lord, help me do this. Help me do this. I mean, watch what happens when you start engaging in that kind of conversation. And also, those followers, they don't make excuses. They make time for Him. Now, the fans, the non-committed ones, they read the Bible. Maybe. Only at church. Listen to Jesus, but never or sometimes do what He says. Live for themselves. No fear of the Lord. Make excuses for not making time for Him. I'm going to tell you something. A fan, when it comes to their pro team, is the first one to say, forget that team. I'm going to go find me another team. I mean, that team's a joke. They're not committed. They're not all in. And Jesus is looking for followers. And we're bouncing off a great Easter service and, 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 and a great storyline of Jesus living and dying for us. But if we don't take that storyline and apply that to our lives and let the world see the storyline being unfolded in human people, it really is of no regard. It's just a great day. I want to see people's lives changed. So the question is, are you a fan of Jesus or are you a follower? Are you a fan or are you a follower? Are you committed or are you not committed? And only you can decide that, people. Not me. I'm going to love you regardless. But I want to be a part of a church that is committed to go all out for Jesus on the good days and the bad days. We don't judge each other. We hold each other. We embrace each other. And we walk this thing together. And we see God change each and every one of us. Because we're all at different places with God. Everybody's different. That's why I can't judge what you're doing. And you can't judge what I'm doing because we're at different levels. Now, we're all in the family of God. And I'm going to ask you this, guys. If you went to a Christmas dinner and just say you had this many people in your family show up, do you think all of them have got it going on? <laughs> do you think all of them get along? Do you think all of them are doing the same things? No. I mean, in real life, you've got jacked up families coming together and eating some turkey and dressing and all that kind of stuff. Well, guess what? You come to church, and you're going to have a church full of jacked up people that just want more of Jesus and want to be like Him. And there's going to be some people coming here sometimes that are jacked up, messed up, don't know which way to look. Amen? And they need you to grab their hand and say, hey, come on, let me help you, man. You can do this. You can be better than this. And let me walk with you. Let's go have some dinner. I'll buy. Let me help you. You know what I'm saying? We're all at different places. But I feel like if they're going to walk through those doors, man, we got a shot. We got a shot at helping them, not judging them, loving them. Not beating them over the head. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's all bow our head and pray. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. And we just thank you, Father. You're so good. Your mercy endures forever. We love you so much. Oh, Father, you're such a good God. Thank you, Lord, for the word. Thank you, Lord, that we make the decision to be committed to you today. That we don't take the words of Jesus lightly, Father. That we, we take these serious. That Jesus, I believe I'm in a room full of people that want to be disciples of yours. That want to go all out for you. They want to live the life that you have for them. But we know that's going to take endurance. It's going to take commitment. And I pray over each and every person here today, Father God, that you would add your grace to them in the name of Jesus. That your grace and peace would be multiplied to them. That your ability... And let that be you today. If that is you and you need more grace, just, just lift up your hands and say, Lord, hey, man, give me more grace. Give me more grace. Because, guys, we can't do it on our own. If we could, man, I'm telling you, we wouldn't need God. We need God every day. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus. As hearts are wide open, 
that, Father, you flood them with your grace, your ability to be able to walk out the plan that you have for them. Jesus couldn't have done what he did without your grace and your strength. Paul couldn't have done what he did without your grace and strength. We can't neither. But, Father, good news is we don't have to do it without your grace. The good news is we can. And I'm asking you to empower each and every person in this room today. You know, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you say, you know, Nathan, I don't know Jesus. I don't know him. I've never, ever given him my life. Guess what? Today is your special day. You get a chance to do that. And the good news here at Revolution, we're not going to call you out and have you come up here and, and try to expose you. No, no, no. Because that is a personal decision that you make. So I'm going to ask you today, if that's you, and you say, hey, man, I've never, I've never given Jesus my life. I want you to just be bold, and I just want you to raise your hand and say, hey, look, Pastor, pray for me. Pray for me. I want to meet Jesus. I want to give him my life today. Hallelujah. Maybe you're here today and you say, you know what, Nathan, I'm not that committed to him. I see that hand. Glory to God. Maybe you're here today and you say, you know what? I'm not as committed to him as I know what the Bible says I need to be committed. At one time, I really was all out for God. But here lately, I've just kind of, well, for years maybe, I've been just doing my own thing. If that's you and you say, I want to come back. I want to make a fresh new commitment. I want to renew my commitment to God. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand and say, hey, look, man, I want to pray that. I see those hands. I see those hands. I see them. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Great job. Great job. You can come down. Hallelujah. Hands up all over. Hands up all over. And what we're going to do today, guys, is we're going to pray. And again, this is your heart connected to his heart. He's going to meet you right where you're at. All I want you to do is repeat the things that I pray, and we're going to believe God that he comes in and he touches you right where you're at. And then after that happens, all I'm asking you to do is if you wouldn't mind, you'd be so kind, is, is we have a prayer card there. If you would just fill it out and give us information, we're not going to share that with you. Me and my wife get those cards, and, and I would love to continue to pray with you and pray for you. But also, if there's anything that we can do to, to, to run alongside of you and help you, we want to do that. So let's all bow our head. Let's pray, and let's do it as a family, guys. Let's all do this as a family together. Nobody prays alone in Jesus' name. Pray, Heavenly Father. I trust you, and I give you my life. Jesus, save me. Forgive me of all my sins. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Fill me with your Spirit so I can live for you, follow you, fulfill the goal to please you in all I do. Break the roots of sin in my life. Father, today, I accept your son into my life. And I thank you, Lord, for the grace, the empowerment to be able to walk this out. Father, I declare that Jesus is my Lord right now in Jesus' name. And just lift up your hands and say thank you, Father. Everybody, oh, hallelujah. Father, we love you today. We worship you. Glory to God. Hallelujah, church. You could get a little bit more excited about that. I mean, people giving their hearts to Jesus. People recommitting their life. Hallelujah. Making things new in Jesus' name. We celebrate that decision with you. We celebrate it. Everybody in the room, at one time or another, you had to run to Jesus. Everybody in this room has had to run multiple times to Jesus. Jesus is the answer to everything. Amen? Amen. He helps us all. Glory to God. 
Yes, we're his arms and his legs, but there ain't nothing like having Jesus in your bedroom when there ain't nobody around and him swooping in and loving on you. Amen? And he'll do it. He'll ride around with you in the car. He'll help you raise kids. And this group needs help. Hallelujah. Love the kids. He'll help y'all love y'all kids. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. How many of y'all are excited about serving Jesus? Amen? He is good. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 